It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High, to show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. We thank you for your loving kindness. We praise you for your faithfulness. Father, we love you both now and forevermore. And Lord Jesus, you said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. This is a holy gathering. We are gathered together in your name, and we know that you are in the midst of us. And wherever you are, there is peace that passes all understanding. Wherever you are, there is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Wherever you are, there is perfect love that casts out all fear. Jesus, you are love, and we love you because you first loved us. And Holy Spirit, you inspired the prophet Zechariah to say these words. And ye shall ask of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. So the Lord shall make bright clouds and give them showers of rain to everyone, grass in the field. Holy Spirit, we hear the sound of the abundance of rain. We anticipate bright clouds of your awesome power. We wait on you for showers of your unfailing love. We thank you for your presence. And Holy Spirit, we love you just for who you are. Change us from glory to glory. Fill us with your power. Saturate us with your love. Holy Spirit, reign on us. Amen, amen. We just want to thank each and every person that has come up on the line today to join us here on Kingdom Encounter. My name is Prophet Anthony Baxter, hallelujah, and we just want to thank you. Glory be to God. Let's just take a little bit of time here just to give God praise, hallelujah, for he is worthy of all the praise. He's woken us up this morning, hallelujah. He's gotten us on our way, hallelujah. He's even given us substance to eat and drink, hallelujah. Glory be to God. And for those that have gone to work or returned from work, he's gotten you back and forth, hallelujah. Glory be to God. So he is worthy of the praise just for what he's done today. But look at the other things that he has brought you out of. Hallelujah. What he's brought you into, how he's cleaned you up. Hallelujah. Forgiving you of your sins. What a God. What a king. Have you ever known love like the love that we get from Jesus? Hallelujah. Glory be to God. He is worthy of all the praise. We love you, Lord. Just go. 
Yes. Joyful noise and proclaim. Say it again. 
we glorify your name. We thank you. We praise you. We honor you, Father God, that you are worthy to be praised. You are worthy to be praised, God. We just want to take some time out right now, hallelujah, just to put our hearts and our minds upon the Lord, upon the goodness of God, hallelujah, just giving him his just due, hallelujah. Where would we be without him, holy, oh, my God, thank you, Jesus. Glory be to God. Father, we praise you. We honor your name, Father God, for you, God, hallelujah, the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God, hallelujah, that created the heavens and the earth, the God, hallelujah, that has planted the trees, hallelujah, and made the streams and the rivers and the oceans, the God, hallelujah, that continues to walk with us, hallelujah, day in and day out, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. I just pray, Father God, now, Father God, that you would touch this line, touch each and every person upon this line. Release, Father God, your glory upon this line, Lord God. I command the angels of the living God now to come forth upon the homes of each and every person that is upon this line, even in the archives, as they listen. Release into the atmosphere. Shift the atmosphere, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray now, Father God, against every distraction, Father God, that will try to distract them from the word, Father God, that will come forth, Lord God, that they may be able to receive what it is that you have for them to receive, Lord God, that it will impart in them, Lord God, that it will not just hit their ear, but it will go into their hearts, Lord God, that they will move, Father God, not just being hearers, Father God, but doers of your word, for you are a worthy God, and we glorify your name even right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. Have your way upon this line. Have your way, Holy Ghost. We invite you into this place. We invite you in upon this line. We invite you now to come, come, come in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. We glorify your name. Hallelujah. We give you all the praise and all the glory. Amen and amen.
and amen. Hallelujah. Again, I just want to thank each and every person that has come upon the line tonight. Uh, celebrate with us. Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I hope everyone has had a fantastic day so far. Glory be to God. Uh, there has been a shift. Hallelujah. There was a message I put upon the line. It was going to be on Transformers, but God led me a whole nother direction. So, uh, you know, you got to stay obedient when God goes one way. You got to shift with him. Amen. Glory be to God. First and foremost, I want to give honor to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is the head of my life. Without him, I don't know where I would be. Hallelujah. If it wasn't for him, even in this just this week, hallelujah, looking after me and watching over me, hallelujah, I don't know where I would be. Hallelujah. I give him all the praise and all the honor. I want to give honor to my wife, Prophetess Donna Baxter. Hallelujah. He is here by my side. That is a soldier. Hallelujah. And I thank God for her, for she keeps my head on straight and makes sure I'm flying the right direction. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. I want to give honor to my spiritual father and covering apostle, chief apostle Rodney Tate. Hallelujah. He is making his way to Atlanta right now. So I just want to give honor to him and hope everything is going fine on his journey up to Atlanta. Amen. And each and every other person upon the line in your respectful positions. Hallelujah. I give honor to you. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. We are um, going to be talking tonight about purpose, about purpose. Hallelujah. I don't know why God, why I do know, but in the midst of studying, uh, he shifted and said, no, I want you to speak upon purpose, upon purpose. So we're we're just going to dive right in. We're going to dive right in. If you could, if you have your Bibles, uh, if you can go to Luke 24, and we're going to read from verse 44 to verse 51. 24, verse 44 to 51. Amen. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right. So, Luke 24, starting at verse 44, and it reads, And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that All things must be fulfilled which are written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooves Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day and that repenteth and remission of sin should be preached, should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. Verse 49, and behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endowed with power from on high, power from on high, hallelujah. I want to talk about purpose because we all have been given purpose. We, we every Everything that is on the earth has a purpose. Trees have a purpose. Uh, uh, the gr- 
grass has a purpose. Everything that we see has its purpose to be upon the earth. But we need to really take a step back when we deal with man and find out what is the purpose of man. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So first, before we do that, let's just take a look at the definition of purpose. What is purpose? Purpose is the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. Okay, so we have for things that are done, there's a purpose. For things that are created, there's a and which something exists, it has a purpose. Everything upon the earth has a purpose. Amen. Glory be to God. If we go back to Genesis, let's go to the beginning. Hallelujah, the beginning. Genesis 1 and 28. It speaks about the purpose of man, the purpose of man. So it says in Genesis 1 and verse 28, it says, Then God blessed them, who's them, man and woman. See, man didn't get a blessing and woman not. No, both got the same blessing. And he said this. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Okay, what's the purpose? To be fruitful and to multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth, that moves on the earth. So basically, here's the purpose that was given to the forefathers, to basically be fruitful, to multiply, to subdue, and to have dominion over the earth. But we understand that there's some things that took place. They were uh, they fell into sin. They ate of the forbidden fruit, and everything was shifted. But as we know, when Noah uh, came out of the ark, he told Noah the exact same thing. He gave Noah a purpose. Let's step back. Number one, there was a purpose that he gave them to be fruitful, to be very productive and to multiply. He told them to subdue, to conquer by force, hallelujah, the earth. He told them to have dominion, authority over everything on the earth, hallelujah. But now when we go and look at Noah, he did not tell Noah to have dominion. Why? Because dominion authority was handed over to Satan in the garden. But he did tell him to uh, be fruitful and to multiply, to be fruitful and to multiply. Hallelujah. But thank God for Jesus, hallelujah, for taking the keys back, hallelujah, that we do have power and we do have authority in this time. Glory be to God. So we can see here in the beginning that there was purpose set for man. There was purpose set for man to conquer, to subdue, and to take authority. My belief is this. This is my belief. Hallelujah. I have not found it in the Bible because it was before Genesis 1-1. But I believe that there was uh, beings before then. And I believe that in that, God was saying, I want you to come back and I want you to take authority. I want you to take dominion over the evilness that is on the earth as Satan has come to the earth. He is wanting his people that are like him to take dominion, to uh, to, to uh, be fruitful and to multiply, how, to make more of, to uh, conquer and to subdue take over, control, take by force, hallelujah, because we understand that the garden was just a little piece of land. It was a little area, and that's where God dwelt. We have to understand that Eden means delight, and God dwelt 
in the Garden of Eden. And so that's where he put man to dwell with his creation. But now I believe that God wanted them to multiply and to go out of the garden and to subdue the land and to take over the land. Hallelujah. But things kind of went astray when Eve had gotten deceived by the enemy. Hallelujah, Satan. Glory be to God. But we go forth, and we can see in Genesis 12 and 1, Hallelujah. Again, we're talking about purpose. God created us created us all with a purpose to fulfill on the earth. He created us all with a purpose to fulfill upon the earth. My question is, do you know your purpose? Do you know why you're here? Have you spoken to God about your assignment that he has purposed for you to fulfill on the earth? If we look at Genesis 12, verse 1 and 3, we can, we'll see a, of Abram here, where the Lord had said to Abram, and from thy kindred and from thy father's house into the land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curse thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. We can see in this that Abraham was given a purpose, a purpose to fulfill and a direction to go in order for it to come to pass. A direction to go in order for it to come to pass. That means that we must be attentive. We must be before the Creator so that we can fulfill the purpose and follow the direction in which He is given. Cotton shirt that was created, that was uh, 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 made by, let's say, Calvin Klein. Calvin Klein is going to put an instruction uh, uh, tag on there of how to take care of this shirt. Now, we can, we can follow the instructions, the directions, or we can do things our way. Now, we already know if we take that sweater and we wash it in water, it's going to shrink, and it's going to be good for nothing. Hallelujah. We must begin to follow the directions. We must begin to follow and seek God, hallelujah, for the directions if we are uh, moving or if we are uh, in knowing the purpose in which he has placed us upon the earth. Because there are many that, that I've I seen as I was studying that are going in a direction that is not given by God but is given by man. They're, they're going in a direction of what they see that is going to fulfill their desire, but it's not fulfilling the purpose in which God has for them, in which God has for them. So what has taken place? They have been distracted. They have gone another direction, just like Eve. If we want to take a look at uh, Eve, what pulls us away from the purpose? Pulls us away from the purpose. If we look at Ezekiel, let's, let's go real quick to Ezekiel 28 verse 13 and 15, because we have to go back to the first person that was pulled away from their purpose, and and that was Satan. Satan had a purpose. God created him, 
for a reason, a particular purpose. But he got pulled away by his own desires. That's Ezekiel 8, verse 13 through 25. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Mm, I think I got the right scans. Let me quick some more. Uh, I think I got that right. Let me see. I may have the wrong verse here. Just say that to you. Oh, I'm sorry. Ezekiel 28 and verse 13. Okay, amen. All right. So it reads in Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 13 and 15, it reads, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. Thy Zadras, topaz, the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carmelite, the gold, the workmanship of thy tabret and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created, that thou was created. Thou art the anointed cherubim that covereth, and I have set thee so thou waste upon the holy mountain of God that has walked in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways for the days that thou wast created. Till iniquity was found in thee. Until iniquity was found in thee. So in the iniquity, now there's a verse, and I could not find it. I could not find it. But it speaks about Satan taking and looking into himself and discovering some things within him. Hallelujah. And when he discovered what was in him, he stated that I can be like God. And then he went and he told the third of the angels that he was over to begin to look into themselves. Do you know that same thing that he told the angels was the same thing that he told Eve? He told Eve that she will surely not die if she eats of the fruit, that she will know she will be like God, knowing the difference between good and evil. You see, because God is all good, God is all loving, so as we keep our eyes on God, as Satan at one particular time kept his eyes on God and worshipped God, as a third of the angels kept their eyes on God and worshipped God, they knew nothing about evil. They knew nothing about evil. My belief is this, is that, well, it says in the Bible, it says that God sent forth and struck down, he killed this, he did that. So that shows that there there must be something, uh, a, a part of him that, that has a, a tendency to do some things that we were not aware of or he did not want us to know about at the time in which Satan uh, 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 wooed his mind or even wanted him to know about. But he took his eyes off of God and put them on himself and discovered some things. And so he came in down into the garden and he told Eve that same exact thing. And what does the Bible say? The Bible says that Eve looked at the fruit. 
So if she looked at the fruit, she couldn't have been cross-eyed with one eye looking at God and one eye looking at the fruit. She had to take her eyes off of God and put them on the earth, on the things of the earth. And she looked at this thing. She looked at this fruit, and it says that it was tantalizing to the eye, to the flesh, and to the pride of life, and to the pride of life. And even until this day, we get distracted from the purpose God created us for by the spirit of lust and the spirit of pride, lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life. These are the three essentials of what distracts us from the things of God, distracts us from the things of God. And so I believe this. This is, my, this is what I believe. If we take our eyes off of God, we're putting our eyes on ourselves. And if we're putting our eyes on ourselves, that prideful state, because we're no longer seeking God for the answer, we're no longer seeking God for the direction, we're no longer seeking God for the protection, but our eyes are on us, and we're using this finite pea brain to try to figure out something that all we need to do is go to the Creator and He can tell us exactly how, when, what, and where. But we assume that we are knowledgeable to be able to maintain life without the creator. The pride of life, the lust of the eye, and the lust of the flesh. We've all fallen into that. Me more than others. I, I'm tell you, I'll be the first one to hold my hand up. But these are the things that distract us. The Bible says to guard your heart, to guard your mind from things that are not from God. It says, it says, I think it's First Corinthians, it says, pulling down every vain thought and imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, that exalts itself, that tries to place its, uh, itself above the things of God. Hallelujah, that we need to cast those things down. But, you know, sometimes those things that come into your mind can be so tantalizing and so uh, uh, good that you want to think about it. You want to hold on to it for a minute. I ain't, I ain't going to do it. I'm just going to think about it. Well, thinking about it is just as bad as doing it. What did Jesus say? Thinking about another man's wife, thinking about is 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 human. It's just as bad as doing it because it's going to cause something inside of you. It's going to allow roots to go deep. It's going to go, allow roots to go in, and, 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 and a little sprout can come up. And then as you think about it a day later, two days later, you keep thinking about it, now you done brought something to life that's about to bear some fruit because you're about to move in that thing. If you hold on to it too long or, 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 or you don't release it or pray against it or pray against it. The Bible tells us in First John, it tells us First John chapter 2, verse 16 and 17, it says, do not love the world or the things of the world. Do not love the world or the things in the world. Now, you must understand, now, this is, this is coming from God. This is coming from heaven. This is coming from the spiritual realm. But the earth wants us to love everything in it. Look at the advertisement that comes on the, the TV, uh, on the radio, in magazines. Everybody is running to this or running to that and running to this. You know, hallelujah. We need to be lovers 
of God, not of this world. It says, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So going back to Eve, what happened? She took her eyes off of God in the spirit realm, and she put her eyes upon the earth. And so what are we doing hundreds and thousands of years later is that we are desiring things of the earth, things of this world that are taking more precedence than the things of God, than the things of God. Let me ask you this. Who's getting more uh, of your time, Hollywood or the Bible? Are you spending more time watching television, or are you spending more time in your word? Spending more time uh, uh, listening to R&B music, or are you spending more time listening to Christian music? What is getting more of your time? What are you feeding yourself in your mind? Is it the word of God? Is it the things of God, or is it the things of this world? Or is it the things of this world? Many leaders have become lovers of the world. They become lovers of the world, thinking they are doing things for the kingdom, but the Lord, but he's really not satisfied. He's not, he's not satisfied because a lot of things that are being done are not being done because of uh, because of God, or how can I put it? Because it's what God has purposed for them to do, but it's more so being done because it's going to bring something in, so that I'm able to get something in or of this world, or of this world. I'm not going to bring up the man of God's name, but there's a man of God that wants uh, people to. I think it's three thousand people to pay three hundred dollars so he can get a plane. Now, my understanding, based upon this, this man, is he got enough money to go buy the plane himself. So why does he need someone else to do it? What is the motive behind it? What is the motive behind it? So not everything, not everything that, that, that is good is for me to do or for you to do because God has a purpose. He has a plan. He has a destiny. There's a road that he's already carved out, planned out, for for me to walk down, for you are for me to walk down. Hallelujah. One of the things that I recognize today is we deal with uh, uh, this abandonment and rejection, abandonment and rejection at a very young age. And so as we deal with the abandonment and rejection in this young age, we lose the identity. We lose the identity of God because we're trying to create an identity upon the earth. So as kids, what we do is we try to attach ourselves to other groups of kids, and we'll do whatever we have to do to be a part of this because we're being we're being rejected, we're being abandoned, and we just want to feel a part of something, a part of something. Hallelujah. And a lot of this today is not the fault of, of, of the children, but, you know, it's the economy because fathers and mothers are having to work two jobs and they're really not home to be able to spend time with the mother like it was in the 50s where the nurturer, the mom, was always at home. She was making breakfast when you left. She was making dinner when you came home. Today there's a, a, a glass of milk and a bowl a bowl and some cornflakes right next with a sign saying, I'll see you when I get home, baby, love you. And when you get home, you're waiting for her to get in to make something to eat. So that nurturer, that parent, that individual is not there to nurture 
in a way that it used to be, that it used to be. So when you grow up and you're, and you're dealing with these abandonment and these issues, you're, you're seeking something to make you feel like you're something or a part of something. So you take the titles, you take the job, you take the car, you take the home, and all these things are who identify you for who you think you are, who you think you are. But when you come into the things of God, God has a purpose. He, he, he has an identity. You're a child of God, and as you begin to understand your identity in him, then you begin to understand through him speaking to you the purpose that he has for you, the purpose that he has for you. As Abram with his father, out of a place, out of a land that served idols, hallelujah, when his father passed, he didn't know what to do. But God spoke to him and told him to keep pushing, keep going, and get up out of there and go here, and this is what's going to happen. So he told him what he needed him to do, and he gave him a glimpse of what was going to happen. There was a lot of stuff that happened in between, just like the Israelites when they were told, hey, you're going to uh, go to a place, a land of milk and honey. But they weren't, uh, uh, they they were not uh, <laughs> uh, expecting to go through a wilderness. So many of us at this time, as we're being shifted in back into a position of our purpose, we're going through a dry place, we're going through a wilderness to get put back into the position that we should have been in in the first place. And I say we need to praise God in the midst of that so that we can get there a lot faster. Amen. Glory be to God. So we are not to be lovers of this world. We're supposed to be lovers of God. We're supposed to be lovers of God. And as leaders, hallelujah, we need to stay in our lane. We need to stay in our lane and we need to seek God, hallelujah, for what it is that we're supposed to do. We even seek God for what it is, the position that we're supposed to hold. There's so many people walking around today that are apostles, that are prophets, that have not been called to the office by God, but by man. But by man, we're going to talk about here. Let's go down here real quick. We're going to go down and talk about uh, John the Baptist. Turn to uh, John chapter 1, verse 6 through 9. Now, John wasn't just born and figured, well, hey, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something just fantastic. No, he was born. He was sent to do what it is that he, he was called to do to be the forerunner, the MC, uh, before Christ. He was called to this. So John chapter 1, verse 6 through 9, it reads this. It says, there was a man sent from God. Oh, what did it say? He was sent from God. He was an apostle. An apostle is is a sent one from God, okay, whose name was John. This man came for a witness. His purpose, to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which is light to every man coming into the world. So what was his purpose? You see, he had a purpose of being upon the earth. You see, some people, they may pass away in their 40s and 50s and things of this nature. I'm not saying everyone, but there are some that fulfilled their purpose. They had a purpose. They fulfilled it. They walked it out. Now they up in heaven with the Lord. But if we don't understand or can, can see that, you know, we all have a particular purpose 
And as we move in that purpose, God is going to do what God chooses to do because God is God. Amen? So as John's purpose was to prepare the minds of the people to receive him and to lead them by repentance to God and to point out the Messiah to Israel when he came. That was John's purpose. Now, what is your purpose calling for you to do? Did you, are you running from what it is that God has called for you to do like I did? Do you feel like you're caught up in, in things in your life and, and it, 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 you can't do it right now? I'll, I'll, I'll get on it once I get everything straightened up in my life. What is your purpose? Luke 3 and, and uh, verse 15, it says, Now, as the people were in expectation and all reasoned in their heart about John, whether he was the Christ or not. Now, many are moving in their purpose, what God has purposed them for. But one of the things you can see here about John is he never let anyone shift or try to take him out of his lane. He knew who he was, and he knew the purpose in which he was to fulfill his destiny. He knew this. So as individuals would begin to come up to him and to give him accolades and to ask him, are you the Christ, are you the Christ, he didn't get the big head. He stayed low and was lifted up by God. You see, today we have too many individuals that got the big head. They've been given uh, an assignment, and they're moving in that assignment, but that pride and the arrogance that uh, can come along with being um, being seen, uh, uh, how can I say, um, uh, people looking at you and, and, and you looking at you but not really pointing to the Father. If you look, John and, and all of the men of God always pointed people back to Jesus. They always pointed them back to God, like, no, don't look at me, look at him. But we have so many today that are pointing and looking at themselves and and, 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 and um, uh, really, uh, how can I put it, not really uh, uh, pushing people or, or, or directing people to look not at me, but look at the Father, for it is him that is working through me, not I, but him that is working through me. We have the, the big head. John did not operate in that fashion. He did not operate in that fashion. He, he always stayed in a low place. He always stayed in a low place. John knew his purpose. He didn't allow the crowd that came out to make him prideful, nor did he follow what others were doing. Nor did he follow what others were doing. Hallelujah. You know, we, we we must understand that we must stay in the lane in which God has given us. I came out of my lane and went over to this lane, and God had to stake me to put me back in my lane. I mean, I, I've done it. You know what I mean? But we must understand that God has already carved out a lane specifically for each one of us. And when we choose to get into another lane, we're basically becoming distracted because we're no longer walking in the purpose in which we have been given. We're walking in the purpose of someone else, and we're being distracted from not fulfilling our destiny and what we were placed upon the earth to fulfill for the kingdom of God, 
for the kingdom of God. You see, what will happen here is you'll see somebody else moving and crowds coming and things happening. Maybe maybe uh, finances are coming in and all this kind of stuff. And you say, hey, that's a great idea. Maybe, uh, maybe we'll start a ministry in uh, uh, a street ministry because it looks like it's really, really going on over there. No, but see, that's what he was called to do. It may not be what you're called to do. I was downtown looking at this one guy, and he was on the corner, and he was just, boy, he was, he was preaching. I mean, he was preaching to the to the point to where the police told him to stop preaching. That was the devil. Told him to stop preaching, turn off the loudspeaker, stop stop preaching. And it hit me in a particular way. But the Lord showed me, he said, that's what he's called to do. I call you to do something different. You see, we need to remember that God has created a lane for each and every one of us to fulfill a purpose, to build up, to lift up, his kingdom, hallelujah, and to win souls to come in so we can subdue and take dominion and push back all this darkness that is upon the earth, that is upon the earth. Nothing can stop you but you. Nothing can stop you but you. God is God is there. He He's there. He's waiting. He's waiting. He's moving. He's putting things in position to try to get you to not go left but go right to get you back into that position. The only thing that can stop you is you. If we were to look at Nehemiah, uh, Nehemiah, I think that's chapter 2, verse 19 and 20. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 19 and 20. It says, but when Samblet and Heronite, and Tabba, if I got the names wrong, forgive me, the, the Ammonite officials of Geshem, the, the Arab, heard of it. When they heard of it, they laughed at us and despised us and said. Now, what they're talking about here is when Nehemiah was going back to build up the wall, and he went back into the city, and the people began to laugh at him because they were like, what are you thinking you're going to do? They said to him, this, this is what they said. They said, what is this thing that you are doing? Will you rebel against the king? So I answered them and said to them, the God of heaven himself will prosper us. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise and build. But you have no heritage or right or memorial in Jerusalem, in Jerusalem. So sometimes God has a purpose for our lives. There's many upon this line that have been called into ministry. They've called apostles. They've been called prophets. And you, you get that call. You get that vision from God. You get that visitation. Hallelujah. And you begin to go and tell your family that the Spirit of the Lord came to me last night, and he said that I have called you a prophet to go and speak my, my word. And they look at you like, are you crazy? You are an apostle or, or, or you know, I'm going to start this business or I'm going to do that. Whatever the purpose that God has given you or the assignment God has given you, you're going to have those people that are going to come around you and look at you like you're crazy, like you can't do it. You're not supposed to do it. You don't have the ability to do it. But as he said, Nehemiah said, but God, God, through, through Christ, all things are possible. But what happens a lot of times is the enemy will use those people that are closest to us to deter us from moving into the purpose in which God has created for us, why we were created, to fulfill a particular purpose. And so those that have the ability to pull and tug on our emotions, 
will come and say, oh, no, you, no, girl, you can't do No, girl, no, 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 no. Why don't you think about doing this other thing? Because that ain't you. But how, can she, how does she know what's in you? Because many of us, we have everything we need to fulfill every single assignment and purpose that God has for us in us. It just needs to be activated. It needs to be stirred up. It needs to be released. Hallelujah. Not everybody, everybody don't know what's in you. You don't even know what's in you. Most of us, glory be to God. That's why we go through some of the things we go through so that those things that are in us can come out of us. We think we can, I can't take no more, and here's another thing. I can't take no more, here's another thing. You know, we don't know how much we can take, but God does. He said he will never put on us more than we can bear. But we put stuff on ourselves through our foolishness that we can't bear. But thanks be to God and his grace and his mercy that he gets us through. We don't go crazy. We don't lose our mind. We don't commit suicide. We don't do anything of that nature, but we walk through it. We walk through the pain. What God has called for you to do may be totally outside of your reach, but it's supposed to be outside of your reach because if you could do it, what would you need God for? So that thing that you've been thinking about, that that thing that just keeps eating you up inside, with God it is possible. With God, it is possible. So what if you're shy and you don't like speaking in front of people? You're just breaking out in a cold sweat every time you get in front of people and start stuttering. God can change that. You have been called into ministry. These are the things that, that, that need to be purged out of you so that you can move into the purpose and destiny that God has called you into. There's more in you than what you can imagine. There's more in you than what you can imagine. When you know the purpose of God, that what he has for your life, no one can deter you by not agreeing with what he said to you. When you know your purpose, when you know you heard from God, when you know God said this is who you are, when you know God said open this business, when God said to do this, when God said to do that, can nobody on this earth shift or change your mind? When you have a relationship and you know the voice of God and you know that you heard from God, you are going to walk that thing out. You're going to be not looking to the left or to the right. You're going to look and you're going to go. You're going to move. You're going to get that thing done. Nehemiah was working, had a hammer in one hand and a sword in the other. He was working what God said to do, and he was protecting himself from them demons that was trying to get in his head to tell him that he don't know what he's doing. And they got, they got the wall built, and they got the wall built. Amen. Amen. Let's go back here. And I'm going to close here. Let's go back to Luke 24 and verse 44. Luke 24 and 44. Amen. Amen. I hope this is speaking to someone. I hope this is speaking to someone. Because as I was studying, it really helped me to understand some things. Not everything that is good is for me. Not everything that is good is for me. And then as I begin to move into my purpose, I understand that the enemy is going to come with things to distract me, to deter me, to tear me down, to get me to quit, to stop. 
He even tried to kill me. That's what he does. That's that's kill, steal, and destroy. But I must realize and understand that the power and authority that has been given, you must understand that the power and authority that God has given you, you have the ability to overcome all things. All things. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 24 and verse 44. Glory be to God. Because we're going to look at the purpose. We're going to look at the purpose. So if we read verse 44, it lets us know that Christ had a purpose. He had a purpose. It says, and he said unto them, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Let's go down to 45. Then open he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. So wisdom, revelation was just pouring out now upon them, was pouring out now upon them. 46, it says, and said unto them, thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. So what is it letting us know here? It's telling us that Christ had a purpose, a purpose to fulfill the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning him. And he had to suffer, to die, and to be risen up the third day. He had a purpose. But then after his purpose, he tells the disciples, the apostles, their purpose. Verse 47, he says, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. He says in verse 48, and ye are witness of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but carry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endowed with power from on high, receiving the Holy Ghost, receiving the Holy Ghost. So what is he telling them here? He's saying that this is your purpose. Your purpose is to go preach the word of God, Preach uh, the uh, repentance and remission of sin should be preached among all nations beginning in Jerusalem. Beginning in Jerusalem. So today, today for you, for me, we are to be preaching repentance and remission of sin right in our neighborhood. Beginning in my neighborhood and broadening out and broadening out. But he says this, don't go out until you're endowed with the Holy Ghost. Many are moving, but they have not received the power of the Holy Ghost to fulfill their purpose 
and destiny in ministry because Christ did not just preach and teach. He healed the sick and he delivered. Like my father said, my spiritual father said, there's too many walking around with information but no revelation because it's through the Holy Ghost that we get the revelation. Ah, but it's through the, oh, my God, it's through the word we get the information. It's through the Holy Ghost that we get the revelation of the word that is written. So with the revelation becomes becomes the, the ability to speak things profoundly that have not been heard, that are true, that will touch the spirit, that will cut like a knife, hallelujah, that will bring even just through the word healing and deliverance, that will break chains, hallelujah, glory be to God. And then as the man of God or the woman of God lays hands because of the spirit that is endowed within them, they will have the power to heal, they will have the power to deliver, they will have the power, hallelujah, to change and bring wholeness to a person's life through the spirit of God that dwells within them, dwells within them. So we wonder why we go to church today and we don't see a lot of deliverance, we don't see a lot of healing. We don't see, uh, we see altar calls and we see people praying for folks, but we don't see people, hallelujah, leaving, change, leaving, hallelujah, came in with a wheelchair, the wheelchair's been kicked to the curb, they they walking out, skipping and jumping, people blind, hallelujah, coming, watch, seeing, we don't, we're not seeing these type of things. Why is this? Why is this? Are we moving in our purpose? Are we just moving in a piece of it? Are we just moving in a piece of it? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Purpose, 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 purpose. Glory be to God. Purpose, purpose, purpose. Let me help you to understand something. Even the dry place and the wilderness experience that you're going through right now has its purpose. Everything upon the earth has a purpose. Glory be to God. God says what the enemy meant for bad, God will turn it around for your good. Why? Because he's going to use that for a purpose to bring something out of, to re, uh, to reassign you, to reposition you, hallelujah, to draw you, but it's going to be used for something. If we go back and we look at the definition, if we look at the definition of purpose, glory be to God, uh, I just lost my notes. Amen. Glory be to God. If we look at the definition of purpose, it says the reason for which something is done or created. So there's a purpose for things that are done. Job, uh, Satan went to God, and God said, go test my servant Job. He had a purpose in that. What you're dealing with right now, there is a purpose in that. Hallelujah. So if you seek first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness, everything will be added unto you. What am I saying? You'll be able to understand through God the purpose of why you're going through what you're going through. What you're going through. And if you understand why you're going through what you're going through, what does it say? The truth will set you free. Free from what? Free from oppression, free from depression, free from heaviness, free from suicide, free from worry, and all those type of things that want to come and jump you in your emotions because you don't have a clue on why you're going through what you're going through. Now, not everything is purposed by God. Some things are purposed because we have made wrong choices. But God is still going to even get the glory out of that. If we trust him, if we trust him. 
You see, a lot of what we're dealing with and going through even in this hour and this time is for preparation for the things to come. Those that do not see into the spirit are not looking, hallelujah, at what is coming. Hallelujah. There is so much that is about to hit America Oh my God! And and God is preparing His remedy. He's preparing His people for what is to come. And in this time period, within the next three to five years, mark my word, watch what's going to happen. There's going to be a breakout. There's going to be a revival. There's going to be. It's going to be. Oh my God! Because of the lack and the suffering that is going to take place of the people. But God's remnant that have been trained, that have gone through, that have suffered, hallelujah, will be able to stand and be able to speak about the Lord and lead souls into the kingdom. Mark my word. Mark my word. I'm seeing this thing coming to pass every time I read every day. There's something new. There's something new. There's something new pertaining to the martial law. There's something new pertaining to the, the, oh my God, there's so much. But there's a purpose behind what it is that you're going through. It's not by happenstance that met 20 or 30 uh, leaders. I'm talking about anointed folks that I'm, I, I talk to. These folks, they're going through. They're trying to keep a house. They ain't got a house. They're trying to keep a car. They're going through. But God has a purpose for this. He has a purpose. He has a purpose. Everything in life has a purpose. The thing of it is, do you know its purpose? Do you know the purpose of what it is you're dealing with? Yes, we understand what the purpose of, of a tree is. Yeah, apples grow off of it. We can eat off that. We understand the purpose of this, the purpose of that, or the purpose of the other. But what about the purpose of what you're dealing with right now? Right now, do you know why? Do you, do you see what God is trying to draw out of you or impart into you? Do you see it? Because there is a purpose. The Israelites couldn't see it. They couldn't see what God was trying to do in the wilderness was to break Egypt off of them. So when they went into Canaan, they had none of Egypt with them. Into their new land, everything is new. They're not taking none of that old crap. Maybe that's some of what God is doing with you. He wants to break some of that old stuff off. So as he moves you and shifts you into your position, you're not taking a whole bunch of garbage that ain't got no business in the first place. Purpose. You have a purpose. You have a purpose. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. And God anointed you and assigned a purpose for you. Comes into this world and all it knows is heaven. It's all it knows. And it makes heavenly sounds. Because it's all it's know, it, it knows. But as soon as it hits, comes out the womb, there's a starts to conform to this world. I was saying the first two months a baby becomes very manipulative. Becomes very manipulative. Have you ever seen those babies when you set them down, they just cry, and then you pick them up to shut up, you put them down to cry. You pick them up and set up because they understand something. They say, when I open my mouth and make that strange noise, people come running. Hmm, okay. So when nothing's wrong, I'll just start crying, and people come and pick me up. It, 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 and it goes on from there. It goes on from there. 
being conformed to this world, being conformed to this world. That was a part of the message in which I was going to be speaking about until God shifted it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But we have a purpose, y'all. We have a purpose. Seek God. Seek God. Get before God. We all have assignments. God gives us, oh, man, many assignments in a day. But there's a particular purpose. And the purpose is to make his name great, to allow him to be seen in you, to testify about his goodness to those that you come encounter with. Because some people will never see or get an opportunity to see Christ, but they see him in you. Love those that are unlovable. Help those that need help. These are the type of things that Christ did. These are the type of things that Christ did. And he tells us to repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What's our purpose? To be fruitful. Why? To subdue and take dominion. To unify and to walk together. To take back what has been taken. What is our purpose? What is our purpose? Hallelujah. I just want to pray for each and every person that is on the line and, and even those that will listen to the archive here over the next years as this continues to go forth. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we just thank you. We glorify you, Lord, and we magnify you. We thank you, Lord God, for making us, for creating us and placing us here upon the earth. Father God, we have gotten lost like the prodigal son, but you have called us in. You even met us halfway, Lord, and we thank you. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for the, your grace. We thank you for the new clothes that you've given us, Lord God. Hallelujah. But now, Father God, for some we don't know the purpose, the purpose in which you have placed us, what it is that you will have for us to fulfill upon the earth as it is in heaven, Lord. I pray even now, Lord God, that as the night falls, Lord God, that your angels, Father God, may encamp around those, begin to minister to those, show them through visions and dreams, Lord God, who you created them to be, what their purpose is, Lord God. Set them up, Father God, that they may be able to fulfill, Father God, what it is that you have called for them to do. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, glory be to God, Father God. Hallelujah, Lord God. Even those that are walking out of position, Lord God, speak unto their spirit. Put them back in position, Lord God. Those that are walking in titles that they were not called to by you, but by man. Lord God, speak to them about the title in which you, Father God, the office in which you, Father God, destiny and their purpose may be fulfilled. The higher the level, the greater the devil. Oh, my God, you don't want to miss. Yes, Lord, glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mm, hallelujah. Glory be to God. 
Hallelujah. I'm feeling feeling some agitation upon the line here, upon the call. I'm just going to state this. This is is directly from God. This is what God had given. And so as God says, this is what I give. I just do what God say do. That's what we're supposed to do. So I'm just going to put that out there like that. Glory be to God. We need to walk in the purpose in which God has created for us to be in. Hallelujah. And a lot including myself. Like I said, I didn't jump out of position, back into position, out of position, back into position. I tell like I, I you know, I tell myself, yes, I did. I did. I did. I did. I did. But we can't allow the distractions of, of pride and, and and lust and, and all these different things, hallelujah, to keep us from moving into the position that God has for us so that we can fulfill our destiny purpose so that we can, God, hear upon the earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. I just want to thank each and every person that has come on tonight, the Kingdom Encounter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you choose, hallelujah, we are a ministry. If God has laid upon your heart to donate or to sow a seed or an offering or anything into the ministry, you can do so by going to PayPal and just um, the email address is mbkministries at gmail.com. That's mbkministries at gmail.com. And we will greatly appreciate and thank you, hallelujah, for anything, a dime, a penny, a dollar, a quarter, or a $100 bill. It don't matter because it all goes to the building of the kingdom of God. We thank you in advance. Amen. So we just want to thank each and every person that's come on the line. Join us on Thursday for Beta Mentoring Conference Line, where we basically mentor and uh, have many apostles and prophets and individuals that come upon the line, and we mentor one another. Iron sharpens iron, hallelujah. So it's not about me, it's about God, and it's about God's people helping one another to grow in the things of God, hallelujah. On Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock a.m. Pacific Standard Time, uh, noon uh, Eastern Standard Time, we have an hour of power where we really just go in and worship and praise God. It's not about praying for things. It's about just worshiping God for who he is and allowing his glory to come in and to speak to us and then allowing those prophetic uh, vessels to release what God has for amen. And as you know, we have Saturday night uh, kingdom encounter. Again, I just want to thank each and every person that has come on the line. If you have any questions or any concerns, please, uh, you can inbox me uh, on Facebook. Also, we have a monthly uh, subscription. It's a newsletter that goes out once a month. It's uh, MBK Must Be Kingdom News. Hallelujah. You can subscribe to it on my page. There's a uh, link that you can just uh, fill out, and you'll get that newsletter via your email once a month. There is no charge for it. Hallelujah. But the true word of God needs to go forth. There are certain things that churches don't want to talk about that people need to know about, and that's what this newsletter is talking about. Amen. Glory be to God. So we're going to go ahead and sign out now, but you guys do this for me. Walk by faith and not by sight. We love you, and we'll see you soon. God bless you.